0: listening to the 30 podcast here's your host jazz kang what's up everyone recording this after the lakers beat the houston rockets 117 109 in game two of their series all tied up at 1-1 now before we jump into that of course you got to subscribe to the silver screen and roll podcast network uh, you pretty much will check us out anywhere you get your podcast fix that's on itunes spotify google podcast stitcher you name it we are there and of course www.silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Harrison, Christian, Sabrina always got you covered, especially now as the postseason is rolling on. Joining me as always on a Sunday, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the game, I do have to ask you, what were you thinking when the Rockets went on that run to start the third quarter? Because I was sitting here like, okay, guys, get a hand up on either Eric Gordon or P.J. Tucker. But um, the Lakers were ever the weather the storm. But did you almost have like a, a sinking feeling at that point? Like, oh, shoot, here we go again
1: oh yeah, i it was it was basically every team that has ever lost a series can I game was, they lost that series in and it's usually a game that they had won and then lost it for some reason or or whatever. and uh, when the Lakers lost to the Celtics in o eight, you can look back on that and you can look at game four where they were up by twenty three points, lost that one, and then you know were down three one instead of being all tied up at two two. And, you know, how that turned out and had the Lakers lost this one, that would have felt like, OK, yeah, that's this is when the Lakers lost the series. So when 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 Houston was on that run and when the Lakers were like trapping air uh, and getting their hands all the way up to shooters as a result, I thought myself, damn, this might really be it this really sucks if this is how they're going to lose. But, you know, to Frank Vogel's credit, during the interview that he gave uh, during the third quarter, they asked him, hey, you know, is there anything that you guys can do to stem this tide here? And he said, look, this is how shooting goes. They're going to be crazy hot, and then they're going to get crazy cold. So we just got to ride this out and take advantage of, of them whenever they're crazy cold. And in the fourth quarter, I think they shot one of, you know, maybe one or two of 14 from three-point range, that's that's when the Lakers were able to weather the storm. And and fortunately, Russell Westbrook stayed in the game long enough for them to win it. Yeah,
0: yeah, he played. He was awful today. Four or 15. Did have 13 rebounds, but 10 points. Uh, minus 14 for the uh, for the Rockets in, in 33 minutes of work where you look at a guy like P.J. Tucker, uh, James Harden, they were all in the plus. Um, you know, I, 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 here's the thing. I, I almost feel like the Lakers kind of in the fourth quarter – started to figure out um, how to play the Rockets. Does that, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, uh, the way AD was playing today, obviously LeBron had a, had a much better game and, and AD looked, looked great, 34 points, uh, 10 boards, he was 15 to 24 shooting. I, it just, I think it's simple for, for the Lakers. And, and you look at the scoring in the fourth quarter, you know, 27 to 17, the, the, the Lakers outscored Houston. But I'm looking at the way they're playing and, and the way they, they handle the pace and kind of, because I, I, Frank Vogel's absolutely right. The, the Rockets when they do they're going to go on these runs and they're going to score 9 or 12 points in a hurry like they did to kick off the second half and they're they're just they're going to be that type of team but the way the way that like the lakers are like dude if we slow this down and kind of just let ad do his thing from 6 feet away from the hoop what the hell are the rockets going to do to us and i feel like that last quarter, I was almost like, okay, they got this now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that the Rockets might win another game, and I think they'll win at least maybe one more game in this series, but I, I think the Lakers ultimately have it figured out now. What do you think about that?
1: I think they have it figured out in those minutes that Russell Westbrook... Because basically, and now, and, and, you know, he might adjust. Um, and one of the points that Jeff Van Gundy made that, that I thought was pretty good was that during the regular season when teams would double team James Harden and try to trap the ball out of James Harden's hands, the ball would rotate over to Russ. And instead of shooting, neither th- get all the way to the basket or put more pressure on the defense to further collapse them. And then the ball would find its way to a shooter. And, uh, and for whatever reason in, in tonight's game, he was shooting, he was pointers and didn't make uh he shot one of seven three pointers. So, uh, so long as he's doing that, then the the Rockets become a lot easier to to guard because you now have that safety valve. You have that one player that you can trap off of, and and that makes the the way that the Lakers are approaching that um, a lot easier to pull off. But you know, you saw it as soon as Westbrook went to the went to the bench, and you saw Danwell House come in, or Ben McLemore, or whoever it was. Uh, you know, House probably played the best of those kind of bench guard players um when he's in there you can't double off of him because he's now going to take that shot and he's a lot better at hitting those he goes three of seven compared to russ's one of seven and and that makes the the rockets a lot more difficult to guard but i just don't think mike d'antoni can get away with benching uh russ westbrook so so long as russ keeps shooting those threes I, i i think you're right i think so long as he keeps taking those three-pointers, the Lakers might have found a solution here to the, to the Houston Rockets.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, dude, first off, let's be honest about Russell Westbrook, right? Is he not the best or the worst MVP candidate and winner of all time? Like, I mean, the guy is, you know, do you, do you remember that 2016 series where the Thunder were playing the, the Warriors and they were up 3-1? And he single-handedly, I feel like, lost that series for them. Like, he's a good – he's a real good one-on-one player. You put him on a team like OKC without Kevin Durant, he's going to put up those numbers, be an MVP candidate. But they ain't winning nothing. You know what I mean? And I feel like the book is out on him. And and that's what I mean. The way the Lakers looked at it, they were just like, all right, dude, like, you want to shoot your team out of this, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, uh, instead of being a a guy who can create and averaging, you know, nine or ten assists a game on the Rockets team, he's just one of five guys who's able to – like, Who's on there? That that is when they're open to shoot. He's going to take it. And I feel like the the and he struggled. But he had seven turnovers today too, and he's been struggling ever since. He, you know he got back onto the court. But yeah, for me, I mean, I look at the way the Lakers handled him and 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 the way they adjusted to it. I almost feel like if the Lakers play this, I don't want to say like a ninety style, but as close as you can to a ninety style game uh, in the modern era of how how basketball is played now in the NBA. I, I think Houston doesn't stand a chance against the Lakers. Like if the, if they get into if the Lakers want to get into a game of, of run-and-gun and, and jack-and-threes, yeah, the Rockets are going to be able to, to sneak one past them like they did in game one, although the Lakers look like crap, you know, to be honest, in, in, in the opener. But uh, I think the longer, the, the more they're going to play these guys, the more they're going to be like, all right, dude, we got this figured out. Like, hey, Russ Westbrook, you're going to shoot, t- you know, 20 shots a game. We're going to hope he goes six or seven for 20. You might have a good one in between and, and steal a game for your team. But otherwise, uh, there's nothing really, there's, I don't think Houston poses any challenge to the Lakers going forward. Do you?
1: yeah, I still think so. that Houston does a few things that I think um are kind of the Lakers' bugaboo. but I, I i and I also think, like I agree with you that if the Lakers try to match them three for three, you know three point attempt for three point attempt, they're they're gonna run into some trouble. But when the Lakers got out and ran uh, in the first half and then in the fourth quarter, they looked like a significantly better team than Houston. um, where the Lakers really had trouble was when Houston was making everything and the Lakers weren't able to run. So, like one thing to really watch for I think is how often the Lakers on stops get out and run and really try to push the pace so that you know, once once that once Houston's defense actually settles itself and once they can all kind of rotate together, they're actually a pretty good defense, uh especially given the way uh basketball is refereed now where every time Somebody falls over a call has to be made and you know all too often when when it's a a, when it's a smaller defender uh, The the call tends to go against the offensive player calling some some kind of a charge And but when you're when you're in transition, it's really hard to take charges Like it it really has to be an offensive player taking their hand off the ball and clearing out space in midair on a layup with their offhand Whatever it might be, it gets a lot more difficult to take those charges and 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 really muck up the key when you're when there are fewer people in the key. And so when the Lakers actually got out and run, I think that's that's really going to be the key uh, in this thing is is how often they they turn those long three pointers, uh, those long three point rebounds into you know points in transition or turnovers into points in transition. And the more often they can do that. And the more cheap baskets and, and cheap possessions they can gain to even out the math that you're trying to even out because Houston is taking threes. That's that to me is the is the kind of uh, a- equation or solution here for for the Lakers trying to figure out Houston.
0: Well, and, and let 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 us let, touch on a couple other things just so if you if anybody did miss the game, uh, Javale McGee ended up hurting his ankle. He's out. Uh, Deon Waiters ended up hurting his uh, his groin. He's out too. We don't know what the what the severity of the injuries are but the other bench guys uh Morris played real well right came in hit hit some shots uh he was four or five beyond the three-point line and I think that's what uh you know the Lakers were looking for from from Markeith is when he came over is all right have have two or three good games in the playoffs and you're going to help us win you know what I mean he's a guy who's been around for a long time he'll do his job uh Kuzma shot the ball well extremely well only missed one of his field goal attempts he had 13 points But what about your boy, your favorite Mm -hmm. Laker of all time, Rajon Rondo? 29 minutes of work, uh, 10 points, nine assists, five steals. He was a plus 28. What did you think? What did you think of him? Were you bite? Were you kind of upset knowing that you're gonna have to talk about him afterwards and be like, damn, I have to praise Rondo today? (laughs) No, I'm like.
1: I never really have a problem praising somebody if they're due praise. And so in this one, Rondo played well. Now I still think, like, I don't care how good Rondo is playing. 29 minutes of Rajon Rondo is a lot of Rajon Rondo. Uh, And it's going to be interesting seeing, as this is the first meaningful basketball he's played in six months, how his body responds to playing that many minutes. Um, I just talked a second ago about how important it is for the Lakers to run. There is nobody on the Lakers who more needs to get out into transition than Rajon Rondo does. Because when he gets into the half court uh, and he tries to hold the ball for 17 seconds and try to run some kind of a set. And then if that doesn't work, just hand the ball off to somebody like Kuzma or, 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 you know, whoever else is on the court with him and say, Hey, go get a bucket when the defense can now time exactly when you have to get that shot off. That's when Rondo looks at, at his worst. Baker's credit when he was in there they were really trying to push the 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 transition issue and when they do that they again are are a much better team uh, not just as themselves but than Houston they're they're just a better team than Houston when they're playing that style so you know credit for rondo to pushing the issue and and taking advantage in those transition opportunities to the tune of you know i don't i, I don't have the uh uh, transition points in front Oh, fast break points. So they had 20 points today in transition Compare that to the six points that houston had and you can make up the gap between houston Scoring 66 points off of three pointers compared to the lakers uh, 33 points in in off of three pointers. So all you're trying to do there is trying to you know make up the math there and 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 uh, scoring in transition, I think that's how the Lakers are going to have to do it.
0: Yeah, I bet, I, what did you think of AD, too? Like, I, you know, the way I watch him, I'm like, okay, obviously, the, the, you know, it's, it's no secret the, the Rockets are, unless you live under a rock, you don't know that the Rockets play five basically little dudes in, in, in terms of NBA standards. But um, when you saw what he was doing today, like, don't you think he can just do that against the Rockets every single time? You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't see the way Houston can, can change Defense and if the Lakers are, are hitting 45% of their threes, and even if they do try and double down or, or, or double off and, and, and rotate around, so the Lakers have to make the extra pass for the three ball. Um, how, how like is, is that should not that be the, the game plan right now? Is, is let Anthony Davis shoot 25 shots a game and I, you know, see how the Rockets adjust to it? I'm still so
1: I, obviously Anthony Davis does things on a basketball court that. Like almost nobody can do and then especially nobody can do at his size so he's gonna make basketball look especially easy that said I still think he's taking way too many kind of step back contested mid-range jumpers and and that's why you see he only shot six free throws on the night Mm -hmm. and like I just don't think that's the right approach for him uh to play to play against these guys and and and, you know, I think the reason why he's only getting those six free throws is because of how often the Lakers are just handing him the ball off in the pinch post and saying, go to work, big fella. I just don't think that's how he beat the the, the Rockets in the half court. And again, that's why that's why it becomes that much more important for the Lakers to get out and run, because in transition, you now have Anthony Davis on the move and P.J. Tucker can't set his feet. Robert Covington can't set his feet. They can't dedicate two or three players uh, to, to to mucking up the paint when everybody is trying to run back on defense. So uh, in those moments or in those minutes where the Lakers can get out and run, that's when I think everybody's going to look the best. But but I really hope that at some point in the half court, they find some way to get Anthony Davis the ball on the move a little bit more. Because it's been tough, you know, a lot of the baskets that he's making, you hear Mark Jackson after the shot. Well, that's a that's a shot that you just have to give him if you're the Houston Rockets and hope he misses. And unfortunately right now he's making them and and it might not matter so long as he keeps on making them. But but relying on contested two point jumpers, uh falling away and and all of that stuff, especially given how important it is for the Lakers to get PJ Tucker Tucker in foul trouble. I just don't, I don't really like the approach he's had thus far.
0: This guy, hey, this guy, he's never happy. The guy had 34 points, 10 rebounds and missed nine <laughs> out of 24 shots. What are you complaining he about? Fantastic. <laughs> great. Like, the, the result, the result is
1: great, but, but I'm, I've, I've always been a slave to process and, and for Davis, like he, he just takes a lot of shots that I think if you're Houston, you're saying we did our job here. You know, keeping him off the line and and and, and keeping him off the boards, because when you're fading away, what you're not doing is then going up and getting your own rebound like that's impo- It's an impossible thing to do. So I, I would like for him to find some ways to get some shots going towards the basket or at the very least going up vertically. Uh, and 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 look, if he keeps making these, like I said, then then maybe I have to rethink what I consider a good process. But having watched him over the course of the year, the times he's looked the most impo- imposing and the times he's looked the most dominating and the times that he's made defenders look the most miserable is when he's going by people and getting to the free throw line or just finishing at the basket. And we haven't quite seen that yet from him.
0: Sounds like you're more a slave to negativity than you are a slave to process, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. I think. But no, you know what? I, I, will, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this from... Uh, Um, from what you're talking about, from the perspective of, okay, what's a good shot, what's a bad shot, right? And I think that um, during the regular season, I mean, this is before the shutdown, uh, and, and you saw a little bit of that today, and like you said, he was making them, but I think with AD... He does fall in love a little bit with the, with the fadeaway jumper and, and, you know, the step-back jumper. And it's like, okay, when it's going, it's going. But we've also seen, I mean, the Lakers, of course, the I mean, overall had a record of 52-19, and 19, so obviously he was doing something right. But when he, was, when he was off on those and he was missing, the Lakers would end up losing those games quite often, I remember, where he was, he was taken, um, you know, I mean, again, it's been since before March. I, I don't remember specific games now. But, um, you know, I, I do remember in, in watching him every time, it's like, okay, when, he's, when he is settling a little bit too much, and and instead of trying to go to the rim and use his size, I mean, he's six inches, seven inches, whatever he has on on P.J. Tucker uh, settling for for the fadeaways. I, that could get the Lakers into trouble eventually. Of course, they still have LeBron James backing him up. So they're not going to be in in too bad of hands. Um, I want to jump into you on the on the defensive side of things. Uh, let's do that after a short break. All right. And, and we're back. So, Anthony, I want to discuss the. Uh, the defensive side of things. So the the Lakers today. I mean, yeah, they gave up 109 points. The, the, let's be real. The, the Rockets took 53 three pointers, which is absurd. But again, it's the Houston Rockets and a Mike D'Antoni team. So what else do you expect? But um what do you like about what the Lakers are doing defensively?
1: When they when they look the best, I think they're they're all on a string and they understand who to trap and when to trap. And I think when they run into some troubles, they they kind of trap randomly and. Um, one thing that I, I like when the Lakers are are really being suffocating, right? They they gave up 20 points in the first quarter to Houston, and I think when they look at their best, they're switching up looks with Harden. Sometimes they're trapping, sometimes they're they're uh, funneling him to shot blockers. Sometimes they're uh, letting him take a step back jumper, and they're just forcing him to 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 constantly be thinking about the different looks that they're giving him. So. That that to me is is I think the way that you handle uh, Harden. The other thing too that I noticed, and and the defenders that are having the most success against Harden, aren't jumping to contest his shot, uh, you know, in front of him, but they're actually jumping past him on his left side, on his shooting side, on his shooting arm. And uh, Lou Dort did that last series a bunch, and that gave Harden fits, especially as the season, as the the series wore along. And I think you know the i think one of the biggest plays of the game uh was the the rockets had the ball i think they were down by 7 or point 7 points or so uh Caruso was guarding Harden he took one of those step back shots going to his right and this is where you really can do it it's hard to it's hard to jump past Harden going to his left if he's uh or jump past Harden's left shoulder when he's dribbling to his left and stepping back to his left cuz it's just it's just an Physical impossibility to do that But when he's stepping back to his right And the ball is staying now Between you and him To get that shot off You can jump past it And you can kind of annoy him enough To where he's thinking about you And and on that shot uh, Caruso challenged him going past his left shoulder Harden put up an absolute brick it Barely drew the front of the iron And And the Lakers at that point Had basically won So like just the the progress in and of itself that they, and I think that's the kind of thing that they're going to continue to get better with over the course of the series. Uh, I I don't know though. Good, he might come out and drop sixty on him next next game, and and everything I'm saying makes you know sounds completely idiotic.
0: No, I mean, and I I don't think you sound. I mean, you do maybe it's, well to me, you sound idiotic. Not to not for the <laughs> not for the listeners, right? But um, yeah. you know, with uh, with Harden, you no, know, I think you're right. I I think that. You're not going to be the guy's a freak scorer. You know what I mean? He has the capability of going off for for 60 any time. But you know, you're happy if 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 he's taken 12 field goal attempts in a game, and Eric Gordon's taken 16. Although although Eg was hitting his shots today, but I mean, you see, you know, usually for the Rockets, it's like you want Harden taking 25, 30 field goals. So I think the Lakers, especially today, uh, yeah, he had 13 free throw attempts, but I think the Lakers did a great job in in kind of not letting him beat them. And and that is really, I know people look at the Rockets and say, okay. You know they play in this, you know, wholly, totally different style of basketball in terms of not having a conventional uh, five or even even really. I mean, Robert Covington is a four, but I mean he's not doesn't play like a like a big man. But um, you know, I do like the way the Lakers handled that today because I I feel like if you take away Harden, it's like okay, dude, which one of the other guys like like we talked about off the top of the podcast like you want Russell Westbrook taking seven threes and hitting one of them a game because that's that's going to take him out of his element and 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 I think that with Harden. If you're, if you're saying all right, we're gonna make you give up the rock and we're going to make it tough on you to to hit those shots I, I think they're playing it totally right and and I really do and I know you think that 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 Houston you know still has a little bit left and, and still could maybe challenge the Lakers a little bit but I, just from what I saw in that again the third quarter and fourth quarter the Lakers were, were Jekyll and Hyde but I think that the way the, the Lakers played in the fourth quarter if they look at and, and look at that tape and, and and watch how to do that I think if they do that you know, for a majority of the games going forward. I, I just don't see Houston being able to beat, beat them. Uh, not even, never mind three more times. I don't think they'll even beat their two, two more times. I think this one's over in six.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could see any outcome really to this series. The uh, 17 points in the fourth quarter. 17. Yeah. That is so damn smothering. I, 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 I could, I would imagine we could go through all of the quarters that Houston played this year. So if I if I had to set the over-under on times the Rockets had, had made or scored only 17 points or fewer in a quarter, I would probably set it at about one and a half, and I would probably bet the under. That's just absolute smothering defense, and it wasn't just that they smothered them that way defensively, um, and it wasn't just that they were missing three-pointers that they normally make. It's that they weren't comfortable on those three-pointers. And I think part of it gets back to what we were talking about earlier, Russell Westbrook coming back in allows the Lakers to be able to trap, uh, but then I, I also think the Lakers were just smarter about when they were trapping. and And you look at the lineup that was playing out there in those minutes, and and this is where I also have to give Rondo credit because those guys who were defending in those in those minutes understood like personnel. They understood, all right, we, we're 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 going to trap Harden hard and force the other guys to beat us, but we aren't going to trap Eric Gordon. We aren't going to trap. We definitely aren't going to trap Russell Westbrook. No need to trap uh, either Robert Covington or PJ Tucker. Let's make sure it isn't Harden carving this up, and then force the other guys to make three pointers under duress. And Houston wasn't able to make those three pointers, and the Lakers were were very successful in making Houston look about as bad offensively as you're ever going to see them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they, and they took them out of their element. And if you remember, and I, you know, I think it's been. Uh, a bit since we've seen the Lakers you know play that that style of defense where like you said they gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter Uh, you know that that was the bread and butter of the Lakers as much as we talk about how good they've been on the offensive end you know if they get back to doing what they do defensively um, you know these teams are in every team that they play against is going to be in in, in serious trouble so and that's that, that was the thing for me in the fourth quarter man like I was looking at it and I'm like dude if they're they just seem like they, they, they took you know, they took the first game and let's be honest, the Lakers, it was a throwaway game. You know what I mean? They, they didn't play well and, and, and that was it. But um, this one, it was like, okay, now they're starting to remind me a little bit of the, of the team we were seeing, you know, like the one that beat Milwaukee and the Clippers back to back before the, uh, the pandemic hit. And I think if you look at, if you look at what this team is able to do and, and on the defensive end, and again, we've talked about this, that, it's not like they have a bunch of superstars or a bunch of really, really good players behind LeBron and AD. They just have a bunch of guys who are dogs, kind of, who are willing to do what it takes to win. And I think if the Lakers are able to do that going forward, like I said, I don't see Houston challenging them. And to be honest, the way that the Clippers have been playing lately and, we, you know, everybody's been hyping up the Lakers Clippers conference final. I, I don't know if the Clippers are going to be able to keep up with them. Uh, before we do wrap up, I want to get into this. So the Bucs stayed alive today with a, with a, with a, with a win against the Heat. They're still down 3-1. Uh, Giannis ended up hurting his ankle who knows you know what's going to happen there going forward but I want to get into Giannis it, like himself like you know he's eligible to sign the Supermax this summer um, if he says no you think the Bucs are going to move him right away you think they keep him for one more year and say screw it let's just try and win a title with this guy while well, we have him almost like Toronto did with uh, Kawhi the
1: one thing if you're Milwaukee that you that you should probably take some solace in and it sucks because of the circumstances or whatever but when Giannis was walking off of the court after having tweaked his ankle again, he was just beside himself, man. He was bawling the emotional distress in his face. That's, that's the sign of investment in the organization. And you compare that to when LeBron left Cleveland back in 2010, and after Boston beat them, he's taking his jersey off, and he has this like really kind of cool look on his face as he's walking back towards the locker room there. And and like that, I remember when that happened. I said, "Oh, this guy's. This guy might actually be leaving. This guy. This is actually. He he doesn't look like he's long for the club, for the for the Cavs." And and it, when I saw Giannis walking back to the locker room, on top of just like the the outright bummer that it is that he probably won't be playing again this year, uh. But but beyond that, all okay. That's that that's a little. Bit this guy really seems to legitimately care for, for Milwaukee. So I, I think if he doesn't sign it, you have to look into what kind of trade offers you can field and, and what you can get there and try to do so as, as quietly as possible. Uh, but but you know, until he outright demands well no, I I would just I would just say if he doesn't if he doesn't accept the supermax, then you, you do some homework and you see what he could potentially Uh, and you try to do so before he demands a trade because as soon as he demands a trade and especially before he demands a trade to any certain number of teams, you lose all leverage in those trade negotiations and, and new Orleans was able to pull off a a decent trade despite not having much leverage with the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but that's, that's not the norm. That's not how these things normally go. And, uh, and I think that if you're Milwaukee and he turns down that supermax, which I don't think he's going to do. But if he does, then it's time to really get going, doing your homework, um, while also trying to figure out what it is he's looking for and why he didn't sign that contract in the first place.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how that how that plays out because a part of me does feel that he's eventually going to want to go to somewhere bigger. I know he's, he's come out and said that he likes, he likes Milwaukee and, and he's happy there. And, and you know, the team, as much as they've had regular season success, they obviously haven't had as much playoff success. So I'm interested to see how that goes down. Like you mentioned, the the, the Pelicans did well on the, on the AD deal uh, in terms of getting what you can for, for a superstar, which is you're never going to get, you know, dollar for dollar on that. That's just the history of the NBA, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the, how the bucks play out. We'll wrap up on this one. Uh, just a quick prediction now. What do you have the Lakers in winning this series? I'm assuming you have the Lakers to win. So, how, how many games do you think it's going to take them?
1: Day six. I think. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they rip off four straight. I think Houston is too good for them to do that. Uh, but I, I, I could see the Lakers winning this one in six. And and good lord, if, if this goes to a game seven, and the Lakers just happen to run into one of the nights for for Houston, that'd be way for the season to end, but I don't think it gets there. I think the Lakers notice something, especially in those minutes when Russell Westbrook isn't on the court or is on the court. And, uh, and I, and, and he's going to be on the court more often than he's going to be off of it. I think that bodes well for the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Lakers will win the next two. I'll tell you, I think Houston will probably steal game five and, and the Lakers wrap it up in the six. That's a good segue for us to wrap up this episode. Uh, Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast network. You can catch us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are there. And, of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all of your Lakers' needs. Anthony, thanks again for doing this. We'll do this again next week.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you very much.
0: All right. That does it for this episode. Uh, Of course, don't forget, like I said, check out silverscreenandroll.com as well. The entire crew, they're doing a great job throughout the playoffs keeping you updated with all your Lakers needs. And, of course, like I said, don't forget, listen to our podcast coming out pretty much all, every weekday and, and on weekends with me, of course. I'll, I'll plug everybody else's. My, my, our podcast sucks, right? So we'll just say that. You don't <laughs> have to listen to ours. No, I'm kidding. But There's uh, other yeah. really good podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. But we're the best one. We're the best one. So don't forget, listen to us on Sundays and, uh, and Mondays. All right. That does it for this episode. We'll catch you all next week.